Oh, yeah. And welcome back to the Yellow Spandex. The color-coded podcast. No, not really. <laughs> but I got to put this somewhere. I'm not going to be like... All right. Uh, one of the things that we left off last time that I mentioned that I want to at least touch on is not on our like list of things to talk about, but Vince and I saw Alita Battle Angel. Have you seen that yet? I have not. Are you going to see it? Did it just come out? Yes. Maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah, it did. The 14th. I, I keep forgetting it's been like a long-winded um, process because mm-hmm. I guess they filmed in like 2016. Didn't they change the release dates a couple times? Yeah. Because I le- was like, when is it coming out? Again? At least <laughs> once because during VidCon, which was June, there was a big like uh, promotion thing. Some of our friends did brand deals with Alita. It was supposed to come out at Christmas, and then it got pushed. And I'm, the, you know, I don't know if it's true. The rumors I heard was it. It was like they pushed it because they didn't want to compete like Aquaman and stuff. And mm-hmm. I was like, after seeing Aquaman, we're like, if they pushed it because of Aquaman. I don't have very much faith in this movie. <laughs> we saw it. It's not perfect, but it was really good. Definitely to me, better than Aquaman. But it wasn't as big as Aquaman. So I guess kind. I kind of get the. I had the. I had the same anticipation as like when the new Star Wars came out, and you know I'm not old enough to be to be able to see the original three, you know. But when they did the pre's, they remastered the originals for theater, and they changed some things, like Solo jumping over, or not jumping, but stepping over Jabba's tail, and like he wasn't in the first movie in that part. That's actually a completely added scene. Shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, Lucas couldn't leave his crap alone. But I, I had the same anticipation, you know, for Alita as I, as I did when the Star Wars were remastered, and I wasn't let down at all. Like at first, I thought the movie just had like way too much romance and heart, but then I realized like it wasn't a lot. It was just a lot to think about. <laughs> it so to me, the romance, the the thing that was a problem for me was I don't I forget I don't know his name but the kid who plays Hugo in it he was the weakest point in the movie to me because they had so many great actors in it so like Jennifer Connelly is one of the uh, like scientist doctors and uh, kind of the villain through the movie and then it's not credited but Edward Norton's in the movie and if what? you go see it you'll see in what facet but it was interesting seeing Edward Norton and Jennifer Connelly together again in a superhero movie mm-hmm. um, like and they then, were not in a movie together superhero movie were they not in Hulk together? No, because oh. Eric, Eric Bana yeah, and Jennifer. That's Gunn. right. Okay, yeah, I got my universe mixed up. I got my Which, universe mixed up. I would have been happy with that. And like, Liv Tyler did an alright job, mm-hmm. but like, Jennifer Connelly was like dead on for that. Mm-hmm. That was great. She was really good in this movie, and then um, Christoph Waltz. Um, Waltz was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And as usual, I, I can't remember her name. Um, Rosa uh, Salazar. Yeah, she was, was Alita. Alita. She was motion captured, but she was motion captured in the scenes. So they put the bodysuit on her, the mocap dots on her face, and the camera on the arm, and she walked around the scenes with them, and then they threw the CG character in. Mm. Yeah. And um, whatever care they took of it, I loved uh, the character Alita so much. Like, from the point, you'll kind of see why it happens, but like, there's points where she's a teenager and points when she's not. And like, when she's a teenager, like her tasting an orange for the first time, like, it could be really corny. But I felt joy with her. It's like it's like I, I got the emotions of what it might be like to uh, have like have tasted like an orange for the first time, be that happy about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, and then even just like the, she's badass and also very uh, innocent. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like I don't know. Yeah, you have like Rainbow Bright discover she's Jason Bourne. You know, it's like how, yeah, like it with like the the hugest amount of courage and like. 
aspirations to be like the best human person she could be without because she's a cyborg you know yeah. like, actually it's very much like a cyberpunk pinocchio hmm. um yeah. but i could get that it's based off a manga from 1990 mm-hmm. um from what i hear james cameron wanted to make this movie since avatar but have been putting it off because of Avatar and the other various reasons and stuff. But I'm kind of glad they waited till like now to the technology caught up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the kid that played Hugo was a little bit too much of a pretty boy to believe that he survived this dystopian future. <laughs> <laughs> and also like his acting, I, I, I hesitate to say people act bad because I can't act, but it didn't fit to me in this cast of like phenomenal actors and stuff. And the fact that Alita, the character herself is not like, phys- like she's a, like animated character had so much more heart and believability than a human counterpart and it, it, it vince pointed out at one point she's like does it bother you that i'm not completely human and he's like you're the most human thing i know i'm like yeah i know yeah. the way you delivered that line was awful yeah <laughs> i think we it was all tell. that in the preview yeah but uh action scenes were insane because uh in the world of alita there's um a fighting style called panzer Kunz. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if the manga actually addressed what it was, but I sounded like cause we got to see an early screening where they had a Q and A with the uh, cast, and they mentioned like that they had kind of created it with the choreographers, and it's supposed to like the mythology of Panzer Kuntz. It's it's a fighting style that only cyborgs can do, but it's Ooh. also fine tuned to cyborg like abilities, and yeah, like the way their bodies are made and everything. But it looks it was weird because you know how some like uh CG fights in martial arts, the way they move doesn't feel right. Like mm-hmm. you don't feel the physics yeah. of it. I felt the physics, but it definitely had that like elevated, like heightened reality feel to it. And there were so many devastating moments without since they were cyborgs, there wasn't very much blood. I know there were a couple of moments with a lot of blood. But like a lot of it was just um these like futuristic I couldn't tell if it was like oil blood vital fluid things but they were devastating when you saw it even though there wasn't actual blood there so I know I went through like a range of emotions like it's the first movie that I feel like I've seen where I felt like they uh try to fit a lot in but also left me with so many questions mm-hmm. and I thought it can be good yeah, and so now I, I went and like looked up Alita stuff afterwards. Turns out there's a whole universe. <laughs> like it's insane. I was like, well, maybe I can like watch some core stuff or read some core stuff and figure this out. It's it's almost as bad as Doctor Who. Like it, oh, it would, yeah, I would have to dedicate catching up to it. It would not be a leisurely thing because there's five years of manga, <laughs> and I think there's like eight or nine volumes or something of like full books, and then when the manga ended. At some point later, within the 90s, three more books released, or three more series or something released, and then a set of anime cartoons that are separate from those. And that whole universe that kind of sets up this movie. Like, I don't, The movie is also kind of an origin. I was telling Vince, like, from what I understand, without seeing everything, and if anybody out here reads Alita, maybe you can correct me, but it felt like to me, based on what I read about the other stuff, and then seeing the movie, that the movie was kind of like the center axis of all these different like versions of the world, you know? So they're not like it's like an amalgamation of all yeah periods like they're not a, it's, the movie's not a continuation or attached directly to any of the previously existing things but it's kind of it's kind of like Spider Verse like you know the Spider Verse like into the Spider Verse kind of had this axis of all the world like kind of felt like the intersection of all these things because like uh, Christoph Waltz's character Dyson Ito in the movie but I think in the manga it's like it's a Japanese name is like it started with a D but it was yeah. like a longer Japanese doesn't name. sound like a vacuum yeah <laughs> it's like Daishi. Ido. something like that but really great and i, I actually put po- so it's funny i posted this when we saw our first um early screening hey they gave us like a mini funko pop thing which is really cute and i yeah. hadn't seen it before it's so small actually you can see here it's a it's a 
keychain. It's like a keychain. So well, I can see. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you like anime or you like Avatar, because it's not like Avatar in the sense of like it's not nothing like the story. You can tell the same team made this. Yeah. yeah. And I kind of dug that because the Avatar is the same way. Like I can't say it's the best movie I've ever seen, but it was an experience. Mm. So Alita was an experience. So I posted that, took a picture of the Funko in front of like the screen of the early screening thing, and then like the Alita Battle Angel account like retweeted it unexpectedly. <laughs> nice. And suddenly like I have a lot more followers who probably expect a lot of Alita stuff from me. Yeah. So I'm like that was literally the first and last post you'll probably see about Alita because <laughs> I love it, but I don't know anything about it. Like. Well, I could send them over to the podcast. I need to. Yeah. I need to do some instas with uh, more Alita stuff. I noticed my Insta like the more I because I I watch a shit ton of anime, mm -hmm. and uh, normally I post a lot of Marvel in on my Instagram. Yeah. And people like that. They, I do. And yeah. <laughs> and, like and, and and people follow me for that. And it's mostly I do that when I'm doing Marvel things or watching Marvel things. And lately it's been like no marvel so yeah <laughs> i'm watching a lot of anime i'm posting anime things i'm and then i posted a, the the uh the toy that we got from the alita movie and everything and i lost like 15 people <laughs> because of it yeah oh that's sad so i was like okay maybe i'll have to post some more marvel for you guys it's funny follow uh my personal or instagram if you want to see like the outward expression of my emotional roller coaster so I feel like for the most part, like I'm like, okay, keep it together, Rod, you know, and then have like little private breakdowns or whatever I need. But then I think the Instagram is like a reflection of like whatever is going on. That day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the RKVC Instagram is very professionally like curated through friends and stuff. But uh, our personal accounts are just kind of whatever we decided to be. And for me, it's like I'm kind of like a soccer mom with like a scrapbook. I'm just like, like I'll post something like inspirational that, that day. Not because I think anybody else needs to hear it, it's because, like, I need to see this. Or, like, I ran today. Or, like, uh, my niece did something cute. Mm. Or, uh, here's a sandwich I thought was good. I don't know. <laughs> it's like the opposite of what every social media person tells us to do. Anyway, <laughs> all that to say that Alita was great in my eyes, but not not perfect, but really good. And I, I, in my opinion, Vince, you can tell me, because Vince yeah. is actually the anime expert. For me, <laughs> as an outside person, not not liking anime, I really liked it. And so I feel like if you liked anime, you liked Avatar or you're into like steampunk kind of stuff, you're really going to love it. And it's a whole world. Now, I did say we saw it twice. The first time uh, I was kind of tired, so I actually dozed off in the middle of something. But it wasn't because it was boring. I could fall. I literally I fall asleep during a disciple concert. So <laughs> yeah, I don't, if you don't know what that is, go look it up. Josh, we, we had we had like a youth group upbringing. So it's a Christian metal band. But like. <laughs> Uh, I, I fell asleep, so I felt like I missed stuff. I was like, oh, I had so many questions. So we saw it again because I just want to see it again anyway. I did too, yeah. And, and it was like, oh, no, I didn't miss I didn't miss what I thought I missed. There's just a lot of questions. Yeah. I'm like, how does it how – but it wasn't frustrating stuff, you know? Like, it wasn't like, that That can't happen in outer space. Because literally the world they set up, anything could happen. Like, there's very few things you could be like, that doesn't work here. Because like, you don't know how it works. It's so complicated. That was one of the coolest uh, experiences. It was kind of a reverse experience for me and, and probably you too, Rod. We did we did the hashtag Alita experience. Oh, the um, passport to Iron City. Passport to Iron City. Where thanks to you, Tiny Sponsor. Yeah, thanks to Tiny Sponsor, Mike P. If you're listening, it was like this like roller coaster of a thing. You walk in, it's kind of like a, an escape room slash like puzzle thing, immersive theater thing. <laughs> I kinda, I kind of described it as like it was a cross section of like an escape room with training wheels. And like a real life RPG, mm -hmm. because you would walk up to a vendor and they'd be like, "Welcome, pick from 
items A through D for 50 shekels. Like, it, it, yeah. <laughs> 50 shekels? Credits. Yeah. And then if you're having too much, too many problems, you're like, you should pick up the wrench yeah. just to see. I'm like, okay. Like, you should look left and yeah. look by the television. Now look over here. Yeah. But uh, long story short, whatever. They kept, uh, we were like, well, let me check my cell phone. And they're like, oh, I don't know what that is. Like, and we're like, oh, okay. Because at this point, we don't know anything about Alita. We don't know, like, how the world is set up or what the rules are or anything. So going into the movie and, and finding out that it's like uh, 2537, the year 2537, it's like three 300 years before the fall, after. which is a, after the fall. So it's like all these things they throw in the movie to, like, paint this uh environment this world that they're in and i think that was probably the most uh enjoyable part for me was to see society kind of fall unfortunately and uh how it was picked back up and, and then like what things stuck when things didn't stick like it would be a good movie for you to take your two older kids to see and then let mom and the baby hang out for a day because i don't think angie would necessarily love it no doubtful um but, but you never know though she's I don't know. She's like some crazy stuff. Like, yeah. I'll feel be like, what? You like this? Mainly because there's a lot to take in. Like, there's a world to take in. And I know that's not the the most entertaining thing for people. Yeah. There's a lot of action, too. But I think the re- one of the reasons it's good to, uh, for that is it's kind of like Captain America and Wonder Woman in the sense that Alita is so pure that, I mean, she she murders all that stuff, but, like, <laughs> not because she's like a hitman or anything it's just because like self self protection yeah and family well, she, she's i mean she's a fighter yeah she's, she's fighting for the right thing but like her constant thing is that she can't stand idly by while evil perseveres mm-hmm. so like anytime there's a presence of evil which in this world there's a lot of yeah uh, she has to she like figuratively and literally raises her sword and it it had the same effect. i don't know why this does this to me maybe it's because i'm older now but like in wonder woman when she stood up in no man's land and in alita <laughs> when Someone was like gonna just kill her, and he had every mm-hmm. like ability to. She was like, "I will not stand by in the presence yeah. of evil." And I was like, "I got choked up because like we don't see people like that very often in real life or movies." Like, and uh, it seemed sincere and not corny. Mm-hmm. And I love that 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 was a message that didn't really that string didn't waver through the movie. Like she doubted other things and stuff, but she never doubted the sense of good. Yeah. And risking whatever it took to do good. You root for her the entire movie. There's not one point where you're like F Alita. Yeah. Like or she, that was a bad decision or whatever. Now like, all the people around her Oh is yeah. questionable. <laughs> she, it's almost like she's the straight character and everyone else is just crazy. Yeah. But, but so in the world of like you know, normal people she's the cyborg she's normal yeah i mean she's, well she, no, she no, forgot a, this, she wakes up in this world there's a lot of cyber it's a normal yeah. thing oh, actually yeah. humans cyber. are kind of rare yeah like, they, they call humans like meat bags i think <laughs> sounds like a dark side thing <laughs> mm. oh yeah bags. kind of it, it's kind of in the, have you seen altered carbon no but i know of it yeah. so it's kind of like in that sense where it's like uh like your being is kind of transferable it's kind of in a future far enough where we figured out like how people can be like phones you know like vince and i just upgraded our iphones and it took all of like half an hour to transfer the essence <laughs> of mm-hmm. one phone to another to where the old phone was like literally a shell that we traded in for airpods <laughs> you know and uh it's kind of that's how humans are so in ultra carbon it's completely like that it's literally like a disc in this it's you still have to keep your core they keep talking about your core which i don't know if they meant it to be but it, it was kind of was like a double like literal thing your core but also kind of like a figurative like your heart i I think i don't know maybe i got it wrong but she kept talking about things that are part of her core that couldn't change 
And I think it sounded like a double, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, thing like about double the, meaning. But um, so yeah, so that world, it's like there's, and they didn't touch on it a whole lot because once again, they threw a lot of stuff in the movie. But the few people, like I think Christoph Waltz's character is completely human. Hugo's completely human. They they refer to him as meatbags, and you get a sense that they're kind of looked down on because obviously, if you have like a cyborg arm, you're going to be much stronger than yeah, yeah. People, but like the it's a world where it's common to like oh okay your uh, your legs not working let's just cut it off and replace it with something with a cyborg something yeah. something there's there's a lot of things i want to spoil so badly about the plot but uh i i need you guys to go watch it first yeah. well i was going to ask did you say it was cameron that did this james cameron he so he did this movie he produced it uh, robert rodriguez directed okay so he didn't direct it you know he's been saying some stupid crap lately oh really like oh, james cameron i like, think he's just getting old man yeah I mean, like he's ta- he was talking crap about Aquaman. He's talking. I think he talked crap about Wonder Woman. He's already he like an Endgame. very eccentric person, anyway. You yeah, know? but it's just like at some point you're like, why are you just trying to get attention? Like, just like the grandpa on The Simpsons, like that thing's evil. What, you what, said what, that about everything. Oh, I'm just want attention. <laughs> what, what, what do you say about uh, Aquaman and Wonder Woman? I just I don't know. Like, just, he just didn't like it or something weird to where it was like, wait a minute, you made. Yeah, look. Let's look it up because it was it was hilarious. It was basically like, it's terrible that this is in a weird, different world. And it's like uh, you made Avatar. <laughs> like, what the- I'll, I'll tell you one thing though, like kind of off of what we were just saying, but or, or off the subject of what we were just talking about. But uh, uh, Michelle Rodriguez is also in this. Mm-hmm. She is. Yeah, she is Gelda, uh, which is one of the like hunters. Oh, okay. Yeah. So she's also CG. And yeah, and uh, like that was some of the scariest crap. Like cyborg coming after you for one is scary enough. We saw that in Terminator or like a version of some sort of AI. You know what I mean? But uh, okay, this is what he, he I, says. Uh, I could never have made that film because it requires this total dreamlike disconnect from any sense of physics or reality it exists somewhere between a greek mythic landscape and a fairy tale landscape and people just kind of zoom around wonder water because they propel themselves mentally i guess i don't know but it's cool you buy it on its own terms but i spent thousands of hours underwater i'm very literal about my underwater <laughs> he's basically upset that it was unrealistic i was like dude you you made a movie about like aliens on a different planet. So, I'm gonna preface this by saying like I, I I agree with that. Like it's kind of ridiculous for like one sci-fi person to criticize another sci-fi person. But if I want to try to like find a little bit of what he was probably getting at was I will say in Avatar and definitely Alita there is like a tether to reality, and not like in a dark like Zack Snyder sort of way. Like Alita once again is such like a pure person. Like I feel like her. It, like this world that Alita is in, I feel like could exist in 300 years. Yeah, and it's a little scary in the sense so that was part of like the emotional journey. I was like, oh, how are we gonna deal with this when we get there? Will I be alive when this happens? Like, <laughs> like and even the actually maybe like more like 600 years because the events of this movie happened 300 years after an already advanced society. That's what messed me up is is trying to make sense of that. Like, okay, 2537, how many, what's 300 years? And then, like, where is that? How mm. old would I be? Mm-hmm. You know, and then I'm in the shower, like, counting decades like an idiot. 
<laughs> I'm like 2019. I'm 34, so you can get out a calculator. I don't know what he said about Endgame and the other movie and Wonder Woman and stuff, but as far as what he said about Aquaman, just there in the quote, the section of the quote we just read, um, I agree with him in the sense that Aquaman doesn't actually have heart. I think Aquaman has shortcuts to heartful storylines. Mm-hmm. Like they're, you know, they Aquaman is like he's a son of a father and a mother from different worlds so we know as an audience seeing movies that that's that's supposed to be there's a lot of shorthand there there's like that's supposed to be like emotional that's supposed to be you know rooted and stuff um alita kind of is you know figuratively because the cyborgs are like from a bunch of different parts Mm -hmm. alita's family is very much like cobbled together from whoever's left and so like their relationships are a little less like shortcutted so you grow with their relationship as you see them you fall in love with alita the same the same timeline that christoph waltz falls in love with her you know in the same sense like not romantically like as a daughter kind of avatar had things that was cliched it was like you know like acid pocahontas but like exactly but then there were things like they didn't shortcut the terms of like family necessarily. I mean, there was a brother situation happening, but like, it was, yeah, there was a brother situation, right? Wasn't it like a brother died? Or, or, am I getting it mixed up with uh, Pacific Rim? I don't know. Or is it the same movie? Uh, I don't know. Paci- but, I mean, the brother did die in Pacific Rim. Well, anyway, like in uh, Avatar, there was like another tether, like a literal tether to reality, um, playing a little bit devil's advocate. Because I do agree with you that it's ridiculous for him to like criticize. Like another superhero movie. Yeah. <laughs> he well, he was blasting thing. also Avengers. He said he didn't want. He wished people would get over Marvel movies because yeah. it's enough to see you know people destroy cities and all this or that. And it was just like you know you had you had Terminator. You do all, you do all these other sci-fi movies. I don't understand like like a, a little <laughs> bit understand what you're saying, but like what does it sound like? He's just being a whiner. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't have any good movies right now. I was supposed to do six Avatar sequels and haven't even yeah. started the second one yet. You know. <laughs> it, it is crazy. He's he's a he's Clint Eastwood in that one movie with he hates Chinese people. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Gran Torino. Yeah, that's a good movie though. I, I love, love that. Movie. I love that movie. I like the MCU, but uh, maybe it could be better. Yeah, the superhero movie thing that doesn't rely on story and heart. Like I get I get that the criticism of that. If there was like a little positive takeaway, I would like to take away from that though is I would love to see like Aquaman have like a little more developed heart instead of like shortcuts. That is one thing that he he excels in in these weird sci-fi movies it's like okay I, f- I feel for these people in different ways like well actually in avatar seeing you know them have sex with their hair thing like that is a complete disconnect from reality it's like uh okay i guess i'm supposed to like relate with that kind of but i guess but you still kind of saw this like connection and i don't know it's it's a weird defense <laughs> Literally. yeah it's a weird defense but i would like to see that little element in more of the of non James Cameron films, you know, they're that big a scale. If there was a little bit of a good takeaway from that, um, I don't know. I don't know where that's going. If you go see it, there's a great song that plays in the end credits. But if you got to go to the bathroom, there's nothing after the credits. Oh maybe, yeah, give you that little thing. Uh, the first screening we saw was one of those pre kind of like press type screening things, and you just never know if that's an accurate version. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So because the one we saw, they played the whole movie credits rolled. The credits are actually relatively short for a movie of this size. With all it, the CG in it? Yeah, like Gosh. all that CG and stuff, it was pretty short. So either they just didn't credit some people or that was a really hard-working team. Um, 
and then uh, they played uh, behind the scenes where they showed like all the mocap and stuff, and then they played uh, a Q and A with the director and the cast and stuff. I forgot so, about that. So that's why the second time we went, we're like, well, maybe they'll play something else because I know uh, you had mentioned when the first Avengers movie came out, the premiere had didn't have the shawarma scene in it. It was pretty much like what, like the like a long featurette and like things you would see on di- the DVD and stuff. The, yeah, the the first thing was equivalent of a YouTube video that probably is actually is on YouTube where <laughs> they um well now at least that they show uh her without the CG and stuff. And then the second thing was probably like maybe half hour ish or longer of a Q and A with Twitter and the director and, the and producers. The producer. And... It's funny because like the you could tell like who 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 spent the money, you know, and who who like was the director and who, yeah. who, who was like james cameron <laughs> it, was, it was funny though because vince pointed out they just kept cutting jennifer connelly off that was so disappointing like <laughs> she because first they like they they uh they're like your career is amazing like we were everyone in the room like loves your career and she's like oh thank you and then she starts talking and like they cut her off completely like and move on to another yeah well it wasn't even that one kind of but they i would ask questions they, they'd be like so how was the role? I can't remember her name, but it was some oh. ridiculous sci-fi name. Uh, how, Sheeran. Yeah. How like how was she? I guess it wasn't as ridiculous. As <laughs> but um, it's spelled weird though, like C H I R E N. Yeah. Know. So like like how did Sheeran connect to you, and then the real world, the movie? And she's like, oh, it's actually funny you asked that because I spent a lot of time. She would say one thing like, because <laughs> I am also a mother, and they're like, oh, that's great. Okay, moving on. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that was like one of like one tenth of the answer. And wow. She, t- she takes it like a champ. Because she's, I, I, Rosa, I looked up her credits afterwards. I definitely recognize her from stuff, but this is probably definitely like her breakout breakout. I would say. Like, I don't know that chick from the thing, but Jennifer Connelly is like a history. Yeah. You know, yeah. Being like, hey, that's not Demi Moore. No. <laughs> <laughs> she's just as gorgeous. And so like, maybe she's just like, I've had my career and I'm having my career, so Man, it's fine. I love her in this movie so much. She's really good. Uh, I mean, everything she does uh, always has this like I don't know sheen or like this mm-hmm. like silkness to oh, it. Oh, great! Like, yeah, she 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 does she very well in front of a camera. I was, I'll say that much. Oh, one thing that I would have liked to know that hopefully is not a spoiler for you guys going in is that they definitely plan on this being a more than one movie thing. Uh, that's be- what makes me like because. It doesn't giddy. I don't know if you felt like this, but it didn't feel like it ended to me. It felt like nope. okay, and we're gonna go to intermission. It literally felt like one small chapter to a very long book. Yeah, a very <laughs> small two hour and five minute chapter. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't short, but shit, man, I was how I people was enthralled. Uh, how people people taking it? So uh, Rotten, Rotten Tomatoes, Tomatoes yeah. isn't re- didn't really do good for the critics. Really, the audience loved it though. That's how it. The critics gave it like a fifty three percent. So weird sometimes. And then audience gave it like an 80 something percent 87 percent or something like that i saw that some of the criticisms was that it was like a little pretentious and assuming that there was going to be a sequel because it does not resolve no like um i don't know what to compare that to it's a well it's not and it's not like a a cliffhanger per se but it definitely isn't left some things open it is it, it literally feels like they got to like they're like working to the climax and then they're just like see you next time uh, <laughs> i was like okay and it wasn't disappointing it's just um yeah it, it felt like a tv series and we're gonna get to see the next episode soon you know? or it felt like i just beat like the first six levels of a game <laughs> like and, wait the princess is in another castle and zalem is a floating city in this movie mm-hmm. and it's one of i guess 12 
the floating cities that were all each nation of the world had had their own floating city hmm. and there's enemies you know in the universe i'm not going to say who but because that gives away stuff it's a lot of stuff for those of you listening uh, throw down in the uh, comments what your favorite scene was or what your favorite part of alita was and if you haven't seen it yet hopefully it's still in theaters because um for actually from that tweet that alita reposted some you know some stranger had posted like oh definitely gonna see this on rental and i was like this is definitely a theater movie both um, times we saw it in 3D, yeah. and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Now, the 3D wasn't overbearing. Actually, I at times almost felt like it was unnecessary, but it definitely it was kind of like Avatar where it felt like a, um, an environment instead of an effect. So That's there's, cool. There's probably stuff that I didn't even realize was 3D. Oh, like when she would touch a mirror, you could see the dust like you would in real life, mm. like settling on the mirror. Like, you know, it's like not flat. Yeah. You could kind of see it like separate from the layers of the mirror and stuff. The that sound was... design, too, was amazing. Like I remember seeing everything. Civil War, or not Civil War, um, Winter Soldier in 3D, and they were doing that a lot of time. They were just putting everything in 3D for a while, you know? Yeah. And uh, going to, I think they probably still do, but like going into that, and then I saw it like twice, one, one in 3D, one without 3D. And the 3D, like there's only a couple of scenes that like even I could tell the difference or even care. Like, oh, mm-hmm. like in this one glass elevator, like the, where Cap's in the one time, like that looked a little bit different. And like, oh, that's kind of cool. It almost looks like realistic, like you're he- actually hanging outside the building. But like, besides that, like it's unneeded. It's just a way mm-hmm. for, you know, people to jack up the price. But I imagine in this kind of a movie, like since it's kind of a largely CG, I'm sure, like in the universe. It's not as hugely scaled as you may, may think. Yeah. Because it all happens in like one, one area, city. Yeah. yeah, but well, it's like at least a lot the, of the, the scenes are enormous. Like, yeah. and they're long. Ooh, there's a the thing. Fight in, scenes are crazy. The fight scenes. There's also a thing in it called motorball, which is kind of like their hybrid, like um, death race slash soccer slash NASCAR American slash Gladiator. Quidditch. Remember, remember <laughs> what was that American yeah, Gladiator? Think, yeah, they go after yeah uh, with the ball, and you have to like run and like dunk the ball in the yeah. thing before they tackle you. There's lit- so motorball is one of those things in this universe where like like murder is kind of like fine. <laughs> I guess I guess since it's a sport, it's like a gladiator sport. Well, they're of, not know? human, right? Yeah. So so the, so the idea is that like you can cut someone's arm off, but they'll just get it replaced. Or even if you cut their head off, if it's not all the way up to their neck, that core can like go to something else. So, but at, at the same time, because of how violent it is, if you do just kill someone, oops, you know, like it's just kind of like accepted in that arena. So she knows the announcer's so funny. She knows that like uh, there's a good chance she's gonna get killed, and she sees people like wanting to kill her and stuff. And she's she's still like she smiles. She's like, "Be easy on me, guys." And like, really? You're not. <laughs> she, it's like she's trying out for cheerleading, you know. Um, I don't know. It, she's a serious badass, though. Yeah. In this movie, like, you will be on your the edge of your seat. Like, yes, Alita, please more. <laughs> Spank me. So you liked it. Yeah. I freaking liked it a lot. Good. Um, Real quick, you mentioned something about, like, uh, Winter Soldier being 3D and not that impressive and stuff. Mm -hmm. So we saw Endgame, like, I don't know how many, not Endgame, uh, Infinity War, I don't know how many times. And I, I, it's one of the first Blu-ray I've bought in, like, six years. Because I wanted, even though we don't have a Blu-ray player, I just want to physically own it. Um, A few of the times we saw it in 3D. Something that I just cannot get out of my head is I don't know if you noticed. Did you see in 3D? I don't think so. I don't like seeing them in 3D. So this one was great in 3D Mm because of how much stuff was happening. But when they go to 
uh, for some reason, if you haven't seen Infinity War, skip ahead 30 seconds or something. But when they go to um, the Soul Stone Soul Realm, Realm. Yeah. or that whatever the planet that is, mm-hmm. um, and there's those two pillars, mm-hmm. they're in 3D, but you know how the bottom, they taper off into like a pyramid? Yeah. The straight parts are 3D, and then whoever comped it didn't comp the bottom triangle parts. They sit further back, even though it's supposed to be one piece. Huh. And we saw it twice, and I was like, at least twice, and I was like, oh, that wasn't just a glitch that one time. <laughs> They're just poorly comped for something that massive of a scale. And our friend Sparky works at the company that does the like kind of proofreading for the visuals on these releases. And I was like, motherfucker, messed up. <laughs> <laughs> you had one job. Yeah, actually, he had 3,000 jobs on that. Because he, he, like, part of his uh, job is he has to he, – he specifically did the Infinity War uh, – quality check too it has to like quality check in like all the languages <laughs> like like watch for drop frames and stuff like that i'm like Ugh. that has to be a hard job i had i worked for uh, a company once that basically it was doing like guitar hero kind of stuff to where like i'd get stems of songs it'd be like one famous song but i'd get the drums and the guitars separately from the bass and the vocals and so I had to go through and make sure like that everything was separated correctly. So the drums were just the drums, the bass were just the bass. and oh my gosh, my I, I about just like my eyes roll back in the back of my head like Ooh, and <laughs> I'm just listening to God like for like, you know, four minutes for like the rest of the day. <laughs> like the rest of all these songs like uh, it's not even like it's not even you're listening to the song. So like I imagine just like staring like at the screen like I can't make a mistake. I've got to catch whatever small yeah. error there might be. Like that, I don't know. There has to be some superhero that can do that. <laughs> I have no idea. Being able to like take your 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 focus off of the movie and like mm-hmm. just pay attention to these details. I mean, like has to take some practice. Probably could only do it in short term or short things yeah. too, like five minute chunks. So we we were actually offered jobs at this place. Oh yeah, right and. I was like, you know what? Not that we couldn't use the money, but the time is crazy, a, eh? Because even though, like, we're not the most well-off musicians, like, it completely fills our schedule, like, music and YouTube. Second, if you wanted, if you ever wanted to see, like, a Korean Joker, that would be my origin story. <laughs> it's just like, after a week of that, I walk out of the building, it's like, why so sad? You know, like, why, why so, so serious? Why so serious? <laughs> Guys. That's why Rod murders people. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I was like, I know what this world needs, and it's not that for me. So, uh, also, I don't know. I, I feel like things like that, like, I'm such a huge fan of movies, but I don't really want anything to do with making them. Yeah. Because I like the experience of enjoying them. Music's even like that really touchy realm where, like, I love making it, and I love a lot of things about making it. But sometimes it ruins the experience for me. It, and it really I, does. And I try to, like, be careful where I step in that. One of my uh, music history teachers was like that. Uh, she was also, like, she's just an insane, you know, pianist or violinist or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And she's like, it's annoying because you'll go see some famous, you know, Beethoven thing or whatever it was at the time. And she's like, you'll hear all the things that are wrong. Mm-hmm. And everybody else is just enjoying it. And, like, you see all the little tiny errors. I mean, like, that's already with, like, whenever I hear a song. Like I'm like, oh, there's that one tiny part. Oh, there's yeah. this or that, and like, and it's because we we come to expect things. It's perfect. You know, uh, it's funny because uh, off of what you guys are saying, um, and to touch on what you were, uh, Joshua, you were saying about 3D, is uh, it really gave that like vivid 
um, immersive feeling in Alita. And I felt the same way in Avatar. Mm -hmm. I felt the same way in Transformers. It kind of just pulls you in more. You know, it's not, it's subtle. But uh, my point is, is we've got, we've gotten like used to this. Like I go to see a 3D movie and I don't appreciate it like I did when I first saw 3D for the first time, you know? Yeah. We're, we're kind of like desensitized in a sense. <laughs> that's, a, that's an interesting topic. Do you remember the first 3D movie you saw? Or 3D anything you saw? No. I, I actually remember, since you brought that up, my godmother... Um, when does the story start? Okay, so when I was a kid, probably like younger than 10 years old, um, TBS or one of the networks that played older movies... It was a huge event. I don't know if you remember this. They were going to do a John Wayne movie in 3D. <laughs> Holy crap. Uh, but it, was, it wasn't, obviously it wasn't like a, in the time of when no. John Wayne was coming no, out. It was just yeah. like, this was like a resurgence. And the thing was, you had to go to CVS or McDonald's or something. Get the glasses. Yeah. So you, with the purchase, you could get the glasses either for free or like a dollar or something. And so it was a whole event. Like we all went to my godmother's house and everybody made sure that like are there enough glasses for everybody you know and it had the red and the blue yep which is like the most awful 3d ever but and i remember sitting down and now it was like holy shit the horse is running at me it wasn't it was but but it was like it it looked you know looked like a cutout like a paper cutout Mm -hmm. like placed on top but it was like oh my god this is amazing and then fast forward to now i'm like that bottom of that triangle's off yeah (laughs) we're like desensitized uh uh, one of the things i do remember is getting like a box of tricks or something like that and tricks are for kids Mm -hmm. and um it coming with like uh the 3d glasses to look at the back of the box to to like learn the clues or whatever Mm -hmm. that's like the law furthest I can think back to 3D anything for me. Yeah. I don't think I, I ever watched it when I was younger. Uh, when I was in college, I worked shortly at a theater, and it was about the time that Spy Kids 3 came out. Oh. And they had 3D for that. that was Spy Kids 3D. And it was like, it was the most annoying crap <laughs> ever. Um, awful movie. But, you know, you go watch it, and it's literally like, put your glasses on. Yeah. Take your glasses off. Oh, that's right. Because you couldn't wa- wear them the whole time because you have like seizures or something. No, it's just right? it looks funky. Well, because I remember actually now that you think think about it, the John Wayne thing, I think that there were like symbols that popped up on the bottom of the screen when you were supposed to put them on because it wasn't probably. healthy for you to wear that thing for like two hours. You know, and probably all not all the scenes were probably done that way. Oh, too, yeah, yeah, which definitely. is just simply like in the Spy Kids movie. In fact, if you watch it on TV or on Netflix now, it's not 3D. It's just mm-hmm. Spy Kids 3. But they have 3D in the theaters. Shoot, wasn't that a Robert Rodriguez movie as well? Was, I don't know. Spy Kids? I think it was. Mm-hmm. The only things I know about Spy Kids are they exist. Robert Rodriguez probably directed it. And that Megan Trainor married the guy from it. I was going to say, there was somebody famous that married <laughs> uh, Junie. Like, <laughs> Megan Trainor. That's hilarious. Oh, I'm so jealous of because <laughs> hey I, i've grown to have a crush on megan since we moved to la like it's weird because i'm i'm not like stalking or anything but she, she was very active on like instagram stories and snapchat for a while and she might still be um and i watched it before but now i'm seeing now i'm recognizing the places because we're here so i'm like oh she was at the grove like we were literally there earlier in the day getting something and she's going to see a movie with her friends and she just seems fun and she's super talented. I can't tell you how many celebrities I've seen on Instagram where it's like, oh my God, yeah. they're at the Grove right now. We were just fucking there. And I, excuse me. I do not like a lot of her music. Not because I don't think it's good. It's just not for me. Uh, 
but she seems so fun. I was like, oh, she she'd be like a blast, you know, to date or hang out with or be friends with or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when she got engaged, that guy I was like, lucky dude, you know. And I don't know if you saw that she put an EP out of songs that like correlated with her wedding. No. And I, I made me more jealous because there's a song on there. If you if you are a fan of like Megan Trainor or like pop music, if you're not a fan of pop music, don't listen to this. But there's a song on there called "I'm Down," and I'm so jealous that a guy was written that song by the woman that loves him because I was like, if if anybody that I was in a relationship with came to me with that song, like a, a woman came to me with that song, and like if we're not already married, it's happening now <laughs> because how it it communicated so eloquently and genuinely like how mm. in love she was and i have not felt like that like i felt it not being in that relationship i'm gonna i'm probably overselling and i go to me you're like <laughs> ah, it's fine whatever you know but yeah i was gonna say if she's listening she'd probably be like oh that's like the best thing i've ever heard it's it just, so sweet rod thank yeah. you so much it just hit me though because she's also like she was, she's a good songwriter so it's like some of the, the melodically it's epic but like lyrically i love these like the the hook lyric is if you're up for it i'm down mm-hmm. you know it's like it's so, it's so simple, but it's so clever. And then the whole thing is like she talks about like uh, whenever I see you, it's instant, instant amnesia. You know, like I don't remember anyone before you. And that hit me. I told Vince, um, a friend of mine, Jeb, when uh, he was getting married. And I don't know, Josh was married, so maybe you'll uh, also echo this. But I was like, Jeb, me and Jeb were younger. And I was like, so not that I, I love Dawn, but like why her and not any other relationship you've had? Like when did, when did it come to like, She's she's the one, you know. And he was like, uh, "One day I realized that I can't remember any other relationship." Yeah. And I don't remember how my day to day was before she came into my life. And I was like, "I don't know what that feels like," but that's insane. So like, when she put that in the song, I was like, "Wow, like lucky guy." Anyway, that was a long tangent from Spy Kids. But <laughs> <laughs> did you did you watch the did you watch any of the Spy Kids or no? No, those, those are the three things I knew about that. Series. I saw the uh, was there wasn't there one where like there's a high the high school. You think of Sky High? That's what oh, I'm thinking. I of. do love Sky High though. I watched that. That's not Spy Kids, but it does yeah. have like the same it's goofy. Like Kurt Russell's like yeah. the dad, and <laughs> you know it does look a lot the same. The kid, the kid from the main character from Sky High looks a lot like Hugo from Alita. So maybe I was just talking shit on somebody I liked in another movie. Uh, D- uh, Daniel Panabaker's in that movie. Let me take a look at this while you guys talk That's about this. Yeah. Uh, she was Killer Frost in Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, didn't you work on that album too? The Lemonade Mouth or whatever? She, she wasn't in that. She wasn't? No, no. Man, I'm just getting uh, all these Disney girls mixed up. I remember that Lemonade Mouth thing. <laughs> <laughs> lemonade Mouth. Yeah, I remember uh, that. You, you worked on that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't that where like they had that uh, vending machine outside of where they yeah. had to meet up or whatever? Yeah, it was like that's where they kind of. I think they were in detention or something. Mm. I don't remember. <laughs> I actually don't remember watching it. I think I, I watched I it watched like twice, and it and that was, that was such a long time ago. It was, yeah. I did work. I recorded all the vocals for it. Everybody mm. in it was super nice. You know, I was I was also thinking about this while we were, uh, Rod was talking about Megan Trainer. It has nothing to do with Megan Trainer, but uh, just the the concept of loving an AI or loving a computer or loving. Uh, something that's not human. Uh-huh. I thought that was a really interesting concept uh, seen in uh, uh, was it him or her? I was gonna say yeah, it was her. Like right there where he Joaquin fell in love Phoenix, with, the, of, with, with his the, Siri. Yeah, with Siri basically. <laughs> it, it was yeah. It's called something else, but yeah, yeah basically, it was basically like a heightened like Siri in like another 20, 10, 20 years. It's mm-hmm. like basically Spider Man seeing and falling in love with his suit. Yeah. Hey there, Carol. Or what, what was the suit's name? Karen. Karen. No, I just playing. Uh, <laughs> 
but then it, uh, again in Alita, I don't mean to keep bringing up Alita. I know most of this uh, episode has been Alita, but um, it's another one of those things where like can a human love an AI or mm. a cyborg or well, whatever. the difference though, yeah, is a cyborg because Alita they make it very clear has a human brain. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Now this this isn't a spoiler because they say in the trailers and stuff that it's been three hundred years since the fall. A question that I have that I don't think I don't think is a a story like a plot hole. I just think it needs further explanation that they're probably going to get to. But they make a point to say like Alita came from like the dumpster of the Sky City after the fall, so she's three hundred years old. Hmm. And when Christoph Waltz finds her, he's like, "Oh, uh, her human brain's still alive." I'm still accepting all of that. It was like somehow in cyberpunk future human brains don't decompose when they're in the cyborg body, you know, <laughs> dead cyborg body. Um, but then later on, he's like, you should eat. Your brain still needs nutrition. I'm like, well, how the fuck did it survive in a dumpster? For Okay, sure, whatever. Let's, 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 let's work on this later. Don't think too hard. <laughs> but it was just the fact of, like, if he just never mentioned, like, that she needed to eat, I, I was already like, yeah. sure. It's like, that's how are you alive? That's what how? I was kind of, like, questioning in uh, the I can make an, an excuse. Where the, oh. uh, his wife uh, with Janet is yeah. stuck How in, did she stay alive? How did you stay alive? Like you're, you obviously aged. And then time was different there. So you don't need to eat there or drink there. And now you have powers and shit. Yeah. There's something strange about that. Yeah, was... Did you see Bumblebee? I did not see oh, Bumblebee. Oh wow. So, you know, like I got to that Bumblebee and, and it was hilarious. All the people coming in were like, "Oh, this is a good movie. It was a good movie," and it was totally. I just had that attitude, like, you know, syndrome meme or whatever. It was like, you're late. It's like 15 years too late. Yeah. Like, we're like, oh. we finally make, you know, after Michael Bay gets his crap, you know, leaves Out. or whatever. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. They finally so, make it what we should have had it. So know. they they uh, confirmed, so I don't think it's a spoiler anymore because they've said now, because people who saw the movie suspected and didn't say anything for the most part that this is a reboot, right? Because the way it ended was like, this could loosely connect with the original Transformers movies, but it looks like they're starting all over. So they, like, I think last week or the last couple of weeks, they confirmed, like, nope, we're restarting everything. Oh. I, I think they didn't mention it because in case the movie didn't do well, they're like, no, this is part of a loose universe. But since it did so well, they're like, we're just restarting it all. To, to take note of uh, what, Rod, I think you were saying about Alita's, like, the fluid motion of seeing... I know I keep bringing up the movie, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, to play off of what you were saying there, like with the, with uh, Bumblebee, like the the way that uh, the Transformers transform, like the feel, the sound, the uh, like everything about it is like way better than any of the Transformers movies I've seen in the past. Like mm. this is this is, this is the closest I feel that we're gonna I, get to like a the real thing. You know? I won't lie though, I I loved the first Transformers movie. Yeah, no, like, I did too. I had emotional feelings throughout. Like yeah. I felt very nostalgic. It felt like a, it kind of had like a Goonies type of vibe. Not mm -hmm. Goonies in the ensemble way, but like the eighties. Like yes. the yeah. kid falls in love. And he meets the girl. He gets the car. Like he's on an adventure. Mm -hmm. You know, like yeah, I loved it. I mean, it started it was, tapering off real fast after that. Yeah, it, yeah, it definitely had like a flashy, fun aspect of it. Yeah, and like that's I I remember being really excited seeing that movie, and it just went downhill. Like yeah. it just went so fast downhill. The story just left from that point in time. It was like. It, yeah, it in became a, a Michael different. Bay explosion. It was yeah, it became I, something else, and I don't know. I can't remember if it was the second or third movie, but there was a point when they went to like robot heaven, and I, in the theater <laughs> I unsubscribed. Like I was like, nope, <laughs> I'm not here anymore. Like, 
You know, it was the same way with Heroes when it was on. Yeah. I was there. Even when everybody's like, this got terrible, the writer's strike ruined it, they didn't end it the same way. I was like, okay, I don't love everything that happened. I hated the way they, the first season ended, even though a lot of people loved it. Mm-hmm. I felt like it was a letdown. But I was still like, I'm still here. It's like, I, I it might, well, Josh will uh, attest from like my co- college relationships and stuff. I'm yeah. always the one hanging on. They got to let go. And so like, I'm like, I'm here. I'm here. So you got to do a lot. You got to like kick my fingers and stuff. <laughs> and I felt like that, that moment when Transformers went to heaven, I was like, you just sliced my hand off and I was hanging on that ledge. You know, I was still believing you guys when you got like the literal Victoria's Secret model. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of a girl that could be a Victoria's Secret model. Like, but yeah, that first that first Transformers movie, like so let's hope that it's better because I, Bumblebee is the first of this new one and it had that nostalgic vibe to it, but so did the first Transformers movie, so I just I didn't want it anymore. <laughs> you know, like I just saw it and was like, I just don't, I don't want it. A lot Plus, of great uh, music. Haley, Haley Steinfeld. She I, fri- I cried twice in that movie because of her. Yeah, she she's was a, so freaking good, man. Good actress. I don't have to rent it. I was, <laughs> I was, uh, yeah, I was the disappointed music is, in myself afterward. But the music, no, just, <laughs> the music is so good in it, though. Like it is. Like the Smiths are like a very big part of the soundtrack. I don't like, even like the Smiths, but I liked them in this movie. Now there was. <laughs> I, I can't stand this. There mess. was one scene, and I'll. Uh, it doesn't spoil any plot points, but now you'll look for it, and it might break the movie for you. Because just like how Infinity War had that weird 3D thing that didn't work out, mm-hmm. there's a scene, and I confirmed it because we we saw it one time, and I was like, did I just see that? And then we saw it again, and I waited and watched. There's a scene where Bumblebee is trying to protect Haley Steinfeld's character. So before he goes into the battle, he picks her up and puts her into a dumpster and closes the lid, and then goes to fight. And he puts her in the dumpster, and she's like, no, no, no. And before he picks her up, she's talking. You can see her mouth move, the speech happening. As soon as he picks her up and lifts her, it must have changed to a CG, Haley mm-hmm. Steinfeld or something. Or they didn't give her dialogue because her mouth wasn't moving, it and cut, dialogue yeah, yeah. kept coming. It cut with a, to a wide – it became, became like a close-up to her, a close-up of him, medium, mm-hmm. and then it cut to a, 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 a wide. Yeah. And her mouth wasn't moving at all. <laughs> The words were there, but it was just like mm. it was. It was so weird because I was like, I'm once again a movie of this scale. It must have been. They must have been like, we're so far down this pipeline, we can't. I know re- they run right up to the release dates, man. Sometimes, I know they do yeah. that, yeah. Or they purposely let it in so that people like us are talking about it, and then more people go see Bumblebee. But yeah. I, I don't know. And I'm sure, like, if you like magnify the thing maybe her mouth is moving but where you're at in the theater or it if you're watching like it, it doesn't it look it doesn't like read it. yeah doesn't read at all they yeah. missed they missed it but, but it, it's that's such a small detail yeah, yeah besides that yeah it, it was a movie with a lot of heart and it was interesting it kind of it, it, even though it takes place in like the 80s it was interesting the updated feel because the first transformers movie they're like well it's a boy getting his car right because that's how boys get cars girls don't get cars but and they kind of subverted a little bit because Megan, uh, what's her face's uh, Fox. Fox Fox's character is good with cars, but actually, if you want some good viewing, um, there's a uh, a YouTuber named Lindsay Ellis who does several critiques about the Transformer series, and not unironically, they're she does them very well. Actually, do you remember Nostalgia Critic? Mm-hmm. She was the Nostalgia Chick, I think, whatever. Anyway, anyway, so she was part of that camp, and now she's on her solo channel, Lindsay Ellis. She does a kind of a breakdown of and one of the videos is how on dialogue in story and paper megan fox's character is portrayed as like kind of a feminist hero but the way it's visually shot from michael bay's eyes completely like 
fights that conflicts yeah. with that sentiment. It's like they're talking about how good she is with a car. Her dialogue talk. She talks about how she grew up as a mechanic with her dad, and so her boyfriend, who just assumes that she doesn't know anything about cars, is kind of like a jerk for it. But then, meanwhile, they're like close, doing a close up of her midriff. Yeah, you know, and then she's like bending over like a car, and like I think there's like an allusion to like Shia LaBeouf like getting a hard on or something. And it's like sure, kind of. Well, anyway, so Bumblebee, Haley Steinfeld is like. There's no gimmick about it. She, it's about a girl getting her first car, mm. and I, I buy it. Like it, it completely reads like that emotional sense. The, the feeling that I had when I first got my first hand-me-down car, like I could tell, it was completely accurate to how I felt. And it was interesting to see a female lead for once, like be like, this is a story of a teenage girl getting her first car. Yeah, you know, working a day job, trying to like wheel and deal, and yeah, all stuff. So she does that doe-eyed look really well. See, like, I thought that it was a prequel because um, in the first movie, I thought that Bumblebee was already there, mm-hmm. like on Earth, and everybody else came to join him. And not to mention, when Shia LaBeouf's character goes to get uh, his first car, he runs across the the bug. Yeah. And the, and he's like, I thought that the car switched from the bug to the Corvette mm-hmm. because the guy was like where'd this car come from oh, oh yeah i'll sell this car to you like he like he didn't know yeah. where it came from like it went from like one car to another car and so like it would make sense to me that this was a prequel movie but mm-hmm. you're saying it was just completely so the way it ended <laughs> they could have it's made that funny. work yeah. if they if they wanted that to happen mm-hmm. um but it left more evidence that this was a different timeline okay um, I no dig Mark how they Wahlberg make kind of make fun of themselves in the sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't, I don't want to give away the ending, but it's just like everything up until like maybe the last ten minutes, it totally could have been a direct prequel to the original Transformers movie. Mm-hmm. And then like the events of the like last 10, 15 minutes are like, is this? Yeah. Is this? Peter Peter Cullen in it? Oh <laughs> yeah. Think, well, Optimus Prime's in it. I think it was him. Yeah, is it the same yeah. guy's voice. That's hilarious. Yeah. I wonder if he has a contract. Like oh, I'm always Optimus Prime. <laughs> Uh, Roll and, out and Winnie the Pooh. Or no, Eeyore. And Eeyore. Yeah. Wasn't the story of the original Transformers movies is it was going to be George Clooney, Ooh. and the internet just wasn't having it, and so they're like, "Well, here he is." I, th- I don't I think, know I th- that. I think that the, I think somebody's fact checked me on like if you're like in the comments or something, but I believe that they originally had like George Clooney or somebody else like that, mm. and everybody's like, "No, Optimus is Peter Cullen. Like that's the only voice we've ever known." That was like the best decision that they made, to be honest. Even though it was like they went crazy with the crappy plots, I remember mm. um, there was some weird thing going on at that time with uh, phones because it was before we had you know actual smartphones, smartphones, and, yeah. and so. You could call people and, like, send them. I remember Snake's on a plane. You could send them, like, a, a call with Samuel L. Jackson calling, like, hey, Steve, how's it going? Like, yeah. a friend's name was Steve, and so you could change stuff like that. And you could do the same thing with Transformers. And uh, oh, wow. you could and you could vote. I remember you could also vote on what line, what classic line you wanted Optimus to say in the movie. And so there was, like, five different classic lines that came from the original cartoon that he said in that movie. And one, one that came through that uh, I voted for and that everybody else voted for as well, obviously, was one shall stand and one shall fall or oh, something like that. Uh, it's like, uh, what is it, the Autobots roll out? That's like another one really... Well, he said that all the time, but... Yeah, like, well, I guess he says that anyway, but... I like I hate to say this because... Not that I don't like John Cena. Mm-hmm. It's just any time a wrestler crosses over into the <laughs> film world, I, I'm a little skeptical until they kind of like... yeah. Get their fitting. Yeah, like prove their ground. Because I feel like there's these tiers, you know, like they're like I think like the, the even though he wasn't a wrestler, like the 
the holy grail of that crossover is like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Right. You go from somebody that people probably didn't take very seriously. And he, I, I saved this video on Facebook. You probably already seen it, Vince, because I know Vince is a huge Arnold fan. Um, he talks about how, like, all the reasons that Hollywood casting agents said he would never work are all the reasons why he's hired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, they said he had a funny accent. They, they said, like, nobody would want, like, this over, like, chunky dude Bolt and everything. Up. But when you think of the Terminator, that's literally why he's the only one that could play that role. Or Conan the Barbarian. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. didn't that come before? Conan, I think so. It wasn't his. Was before. I, I think Conan wasn't Conan like his uh, thing that kind of like submit like his big break. Yeah. Oh, well, he also had that other Hercules movie, Hercules yeah. in New York or something. What it was. But I think I think Conan the Barbarian was like, the, he's here. Like yeah. he can do this. James Earl Jones was in that movie too. But then I think it's that yeah. the Holy Grail, and then I think like kind of in like the intermediate of that is uh, like the the Rock, you know, the Dwayne Johnson kind of things where he's just kind of like generic action star like it's so predictable now that i yeah. feel like he he has so many action movies that come out in a year or two that he must like i'm almost convinced that he just green screens like a bunch of generic performances <laughs> and they just put it into movies you know like mm-hmm. i'm saying that because we know people at his production company like <laughs> <laughs> but no. i remember um he's huge if you look at that the barbarian movie mm-hmm. he is freaking gigantic that was the biggest he's he was ever really. scary I remember I, seeing, that made to be a lie, actually. I remember, I remember seeing Conan the Barbarian, but the one that stuck with me the most, and the, only because it played more when I was a kid, was Red Sonia. Yeah, Red Sonia and was I had awesome. the hugest crush on Bridget Nelson at the time. Yeah. And then you, <laughs> then fast forward, I'm like a teenager, and then she's on like Flavor of Love or something. I'm like, well, there that ruins that part of that childhood. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> they, you know, they were redoing Red Sonia. It's actually really? in the notes here oh. um, that we were going to talk about. Uh, I remember last time we talked about. You know Brian Singer's problems. Yes. Of, uh, allegedly, we don't. Alleged know. Yeah. problems with with little boys, or whatever. So anyway, that's been in the news. They fired him from Red Sonja. Oh no way. He was, he was supposed to. He was supposed to uh, direct that. Were they in production, or was this before? I don't think so. I think it was before. Because didn't he he got fired or left Bohemian Rhapsody? Yep. I think, too, and then right? they was quietly quietly hired back on. Yeah. For the editing process, I'm pretty positive. I did not like Bohemian Rhapsody, but it could have been better. I have a lot of friends that were like, it's so amazing. And I wanted to be like, but it's not historically correct. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. the historically correct part that got me. Is that they, they presented it as historically correct, and yes. it wasn't. Like, so the, Have you seen the trailers for Rocket Man, the Elton John movie? No. They make it very clear that it's uh, like Embellished. A, a nostalgic <laughs> lens. Because they say it, it, the tagline of it is, uh, instead of based on a true story, based on a true fantasy. Mm. And there's a scene in the trailer where... He plays Rocket Man. He hits that first, or Benny and the Jets, or something. He hits the first chord, and then everyone in the audience like levitates, like their feet like levitate off the ground, and they just kind of float. And it's like, I'm in. Like I know, I, mm-hmm. I feel like I know the vibe now. And it's not going to be like this is exactly what happened. When you say Rocket Man, though, uh, have you ever seen the Disney movie Rocket Man? I'm trying to think. Yeah, I don't think so. I would encourage everyone if you like stupid slapstick humor to go rent. Rocket Man, Man or rent huh. it or buy Rocket Man. M- it is a favorite. Disney movie that just like nobody got in the nineties. And it has um Fred as the guy in the movie's name's Fred Randall. Gosh, I can't remember the guy he was He was in half baked. Yes, he was in half baked and a bunch of other like silly movies. He's a comedian, but he got into this funny Disney movie where like he's like a, a nerd 
and they need somebody to go to Mars. Yeah. And so they mm. eventually like him and a team go. They eventually choose him, but he's just a moron. And all these crazy things happen. And, and a people, monkey goes. Yeah, a monkey goes with him. I mean, it's just a crazy movie. If you've never seen that movie seen and you that. like any kind of slapstick humor, I love that movie it, so me too. much. It bombed so it just I wonder, never did anything. I wonder if it's gonna be one of those movies because so man, this is a weird thing to think about like my niece and like Josh your kids and stuff and Vince's and the, your niece and nephews and things. My future kids. That won't know is when we were kids, that like TV would just be on in the background. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe the equivalent is maybe YouTube or something for these kids nowadays, but TV used to be on and it would just roll whatever programming there was. So that might have been one of the movies that once I see it, I'm like, I do kind of vaguely remember this, not because I sat down and watched it, but because like I was playing with He-Man and the TV was on. That, that's how I pieced, I pieced together Red Sonia like that because it always played. And then at one point, I'm yeah. like, what is what is up with this? You know, like, and I finally sat down and watched it. Yeah, I definitely had that with like, because like Channel 50 would always, in Chicago, would always play just classic movies or whatever. Mm-hmm. So like Revenge of the Nerds or whatever. I had a. There's uh, a scene like where he's, you know, ex- he has to share the air unit of the other guy. And he ends up like, you know, instead of eating the food from the tubes, he ate like diarrhea medicine or something like, he starts like farting like oh i can smell it he's, there's one point just, yeah because i, I might have seen the like a dvd cover of this or something him and the monkey like uh try to, they switch uh a cryogenic frozen like pods or whatever mm-hmm. yeah and his the monkeys ends up working but his his malfunctions oh no that's what okay yeah so that this cover um josh is holding up like where he's like bloated it's like a painting oh he's yeah bloated yeah. in space i've seen that cover there's a point where you know because everyone else is in cryogenic sleep or whatever mm-hmm. and he has to be awake for the entire Three trip to Mars. Yeah. yeah so he uses up all the food as art yeah uh, as like pastel paints <laughs> and there's a point where everybody wakes up and he's like shows them the painting yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like it must have been somebody else that did it yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was the only one it's really dumb it's like super dumb <laughs> he's funny such a moron and i know that's not you know that's way off topic too but you know what those uh <laughs> speaking of like kind of weird like b-level uh retro films remember bubble boy yeah I never saw it. I don't know. It, I can't tell. Cause, so once again, we all grew up in a time period where we don't know what other people experience. We only have our own experiences. So now I feel like all of our kids and nieces and nephews and stuff know about everyone else's experience in the entire world. Mm. Internet, so, man. When Bubble Boy came out, I don't know, even know why we wanted to watch it. I think uh, me and actually one of my friend's moms was like, that looks uh, so stupid it's funny so we went to the theater to see it we laughed so hard I think we watched it like three or four more times after that it it's so it would not be made now because there's a very racist scene where they go to Chinatown but like it's so <laughs> funny is that Jake Gyllenhaal Jake Gyllenhaal man. oh my gosh I have it's, to see it then and Swoozy Kurtz and uh, Danny Trejo it's really freaking like, funny. And it's all, it's kind of slapstick, but like really dumb. Like it felt like if um, it's, we all. It's better than most of those types of movies. But it's like if mm. we all got drunk in college and wrote a screenplay and then someone professionally made it. Mm. Like, because there's a scene where like Danny Trejo's like, he's Danny Trejo. Like, <laughs> like, he's, he's like a badass. He like, only plays bit Danny Trejo. Yeah. Like he, he like <laughs> fell out of Con Air into like Bubble Boy. And Pretty much. You know how he's got like, covered in tats? Mm-hmm. So like, I, I think Jake Gyllenhaal's like. Is like uh, he uh, Jane Trey was like I, I'm out here uh, fighting for my love, and Jake looks at his chest because there's these names, you know. So he looks at like you know his belly, and this is like, oh, Susan, 
like no because it has like an x through it yeah and then he like look, looks up his like left pack and he's like oh cindy's like no and then he like looks over his right pack and there's another name like that no and then he like looks up at his neck he's like oh yeah her wildfire you yeah. know <laughs> and, and and then it turns out those are real tattoos on him and it's like something like his mom his daughters and like his wife or something like that but they decided to make a joke out of it and they sharpied x's through it like it was a tattoo <laughs> and made them care like his past like relationships um That's but then cool. Once again, you see, you know, we're talking about spoilers. Like, it's been like like 15, 20 years now. Yeah. So, the uh, the funny thing is, so Jake Gyllenhaal's the reason Jake Gyllenhaal's in a bubble is because his mom's like super conservative, uh, really like helicopter mom. You know, vaguely religious. They don't specifically point out she is, but you get a sense that she's like very rigid in that sense. And she, <laughs> she, uh, so that's why she's in a bubble. She's never allowed to. Uh, touch germs and stuff there's mm. a scene where he gets his first boner and he doesn't know what it is <laughs> and she specifically says uh like just do what your father does and say the pledge of allegiance until it goes away like it's so <laughs> funny like <laughs> it's like innocently dirty if that makes sense yeah so when they get to dane trejo and you find out like uh he, he's looking for his true love wildfire and then the, he talks about like all their exploit like sexual exploits and stuff and <laughs> it turns out it's his mom yeah nah. so the, so like at the end of the movie because you know how those movies at that time ended with like everyone in the movie somehow ending up in the same place yeah it ends with like everybody in a like, car wreck or something together and like Susie kurtz like lifts her head up from the wreckage and then danger was like wildfire <laughs> <laughs> like, but the best part is like i don't know if they, i forget i haven't seen it in a while i don't know if they address it but like She's married in the movie. Like, they're not, like, her and, her, oh. and Jake Gyllenhaal's father aren't divorced in the movie, but, like, they have a happy ending with, like, Danny Trey. Oh, it was so funny, but um, I don't know. If you haven't seen it, you that's another, like, weird one. Like, so Rocket Man and Bubble Boy. They, they probably came out about the same time. Yeah. I feel like. I would say so. I remember Bubble Boy came out, like, after the Seinfeld episode of, like, Bubble Boy, where, oh, like, okay. they meet the Bubble Boy and accidentally pop his bubble yeah. or whatever. Oh. <laughs> but. Where the kid was actually sick and he couldn't be outside. You know, actually, it's funny. This is going to be sad, oh, sad uh, because I should have known about it before. But that's the movie I discovered, Blink One Eighty Two. Yeah, because there's they're a, in so many movies, dude. They were in. Well, they weren't in it. They're, they're the song. The music. Uh, Damn it. I Damn think? it. Yeah, is he that, was in a so, ton of movies. So this is growing up. Is da, that, da, da, yeah. Da, 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 da. yeah. That was a segue scene where he finally runs away from home, mm-hmm. and I was like, "What is this song?" And, they, and I just like take off your pants and shirt like there's so many like enema of the state like oh my god this is the best band I was on ever. dude ranch yeah you know, but i mean like it, it just like it just threw me into like i just started looking up everything about this band mm, okay. and once again before like the internet was like a huge like we could search easily about things yeah. it was like a week's worth of research mm. because i was looking up so this is growing up <laughs> they yeah, which later they <laughs> did change it to like damn yeah. it Parentheses. Yeah. So, so this, this is, is growing, growing up, like kind of like time of your life slash. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, what's, yeah. What's, they also good riddance. Uh, good good riddance, riddance is actually what yeah. it's called, and then time of Man, your life afterwards. The, me and you can't figure out that forget that song because that was like every graduation for like a year straight. Um, but speaking of graduation songs, this was funny two or three days ago, and I was like, whatever happened to vitamin C? <laughs> vitamin C. <laughs> and so the, like that last couple days, I've been like, as we go. Oh, we man. remember and then i just watched a youtube video from some of our friends but they were announcing that the sketch group was breaking up mm-hmm. and their montage was that song <laughs> and i was like what is this coming back is this gonna be a thing are we gonna like bring vitamin c back like we should start a hashtag like bring it should morph C-back. into like good riddance and then morph into after that 
I will remember yeah. you. Oh, wow. Because <laughs> those songs, all three of those songs yeah. were, are still to this day, especially Good Riddance is like yeah. a graduation. Like, oh, I'm going to have some kid that learned the guitar like last year. Like, I'm going to play it. I'm the salutatorian. You, you know <laughs> what the internet has done to I Will Remember You, though? Mm-hmm. Has, uh, do you know who the Ebby family is? Huh. They're really funny. You probably remember there's a meme where it's like Happy New Year and it's like a daughter, son, mom and dad and they're like happy new year and then the daughter gets like extra and she's like ah ah and then she smashes dishes and stuff you've probably seen it at some <laughs> point that's them but they they do these sketches where anytime the dad disagrees with the mom she gives him the look and you just see him in a coffin and it yeah. plays like a second like i will remember <laughs> <laughs> and i the Evie family i feel like has single-handedly turned that song into like dad getting murdered by mom theme <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm glad it's that and not the dog heaven or dog like dog. That's arms of an angel. Oh, oh God! An angel. Yeah. What was uh, the Meg Ryan movie with? Uh, oh, it was like please say Tom Hanks because that's literally 20 movies. Uh, <laughs> uh, Joe versus and, Volcano and Nicolas no. Cage. Meg Ryan and Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Oh, Angels City of, of Angels. Oh. City of Angels. That's had that uh, song from Goo Goo Dolls in it. That's that right. Iris. That changed Iris. their careers. Yeah. Like I think. They I don't were, know why I thought about. I think that they were movie. starting to go under, and then they wrote that song, that, and, it, and it just changed. Baby Black Blue. Because they they also didn't ever sound the same after that. Like the Goo Goo Dolls oh, we know true. now was because of Iris. Yeah. Definitely a different change in that band. Jeez. I really yeah, wanted to I'm, talk about Shazam. For me, I don't know if you guys are excited for that at all. I am definitely. so excited for that movie. It's it's everything I'm, I wanted it to be. I'm so cautiously far. optimistic. Uh, we were talking a little bit earlier about the death of the DCEU, yeah. to where it's like it's it's gonna die. But I don't know if you saw, but like there is a rumor that Army Hammer is gonna be Batman hmm. could, in the Batman, and so I could dig that. Yeah, I mean, like especially like somebody like put his face in like the mask, and it's mm-hmm. like that looks actually really close to Affleck's like face. Yeah, I, and I even though he's way younger, that. he's yeah. way younger so, than Affleck. So someone should have done like Army Hammer as Batman, and then Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne or something. Because because I, I still think Ben Affleck made a good Bruce Wayne. Yeah, well, it's the same way I think Tobey Maguire did a good Peter Parker, but not necessarily a good yeah. Spider Man. If they did that, and they and they're still continuing with Wonder Woman two and Aquaman yeah. two now, yeah. and Henry Cavill is actually supposed to be doing a uh, cameo oh, yeah, in the Shazam. Shazam movie. So it's like, if they just replace Batman... Batman? Batman. Batman. Sorry, I'm Matt Damon. I remember. <laughs> um, if they just replaced Batman and just went on like it never happened, yeah. I think it'd be okay. I think we could mm. continue at least. And then finally after, you know, because we have... They're obviously going to push this Aquaman... To, yeah. to make some more money, to make to make money out of it, and Wonder Woman obviously at least the two movies. If Wonder Woman Woman two is great, they could do three. Yeah, I, I'm I'm getting the sense based on Aquaman mm-hmm. that they are they're rebooting again because it's kind of like Bumblebee where it's like if they wanted to they could say this connected to Justice League and Wonder yeah. Woman and stuff, but, but you, there's it, a lot more evidence that Aquaman is a completely separate thing from the Justice League. You can't have the same actor though and not have it connected. I used to believe that until the DC just fucked everything up. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, they make she what is her face? Uh the princess chick, Dolph Lundgren's uh daughter in the Aquaman. Mira. Oh, uh no Mirror It's not Mira. It's Mira, Mira. but what's her, her um, name? Oh uh he, he heard 
Oh, Amber, Amber Heard. Heard. Yeah. Um, she's great, she says, like, you, you defeated uh, What's the Face from Justice League Steppenwolf. Like, in mm-hmm. well, it, Aquaman. She, she said, okay, you, so you've already defeated. But they, in the same, like a couple scenes later, they talk about how he's never been to Atlantis before. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was that seems like trippy. It's just a funky. Because he was up. there. But well, how do you know that, like, that little area? Like, because in, in the, what you're talking about is in Justice League where they mm-hmm. were guarding the uh, mother box, right? Yeah. Is that what it was? Like, that could have not necessarily been in Atlantis then. That could have been outside the city somewhere. Uh, yeah, because I'll have to rewatch to see if what they say. You don't have to rewatch. I'm not telling you to do that. No, yeah. I am interested, though. But in the same, but again, uh, once again, later in the, uh, another point in the movie, Mm -hmm. he references being in Atlantis before. Oh, okay. So it was like that sounds like something within the movie itself that had problems. I think most it was a James Wan. I think that directed it. I think you could tell where it like switched hands. Yeah, I think he took the same approach as Patty Jenkins. Patty Patty did it better. Patty with a uh, Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. and she was like, "I'm just not going to be really concerned about the Justice League thing. Yeah. I'm just going to make my movie, mm-hmm. and then if these guys want to try to connect it, they can do it." Patty had a little bit easier because it happened like literally hundreds of years before. Exactly. Justice so Aquaman, I guess he he did that, and so now like if you're trying to connect it, it has problems, but it sounds like they're just because he also, if this is part of the uh, the Justice League like universe, there's several times he should have called them, yeah, and they've already established that they're calling each other all the time. Yeah, but you you know in the Marvel universe is the same way, or like they may even make fun of it, and all those other like yeah. uh, honest trailers were like. Oh, if we just called Hulk here, we'd be fine. Yeah. Hulk well, the kill smash. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's a weird, it's a weird distinction. But once you see Aquaman, I think you'll see what I'm saying. Like, it's not that they could have called him to solve like certain problems. Like mm-hmm. the gravity of this event was equal to or greater than any of the Avengers or uh, Justice League movie events and stuff. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't even like a anybody free, you know, like yeah, or like. It just didn't skate like there wasn't a fight. Once again, like supervising to see like where the events like lied. Even with like with the Ant Man and like Hawkeye not being in Infinity War, there were semi plausible things happening there. Um, yeah. But with Aquaman, it was like it, it wasn't even that they he didn't call him for help. It's like he doesn't even know them. Yeah. He never once talks about like ever having an adventure with Wonder Woman, uh, even knowing the uh, he doesn't seem to even fathom the existence of Superman. Like it's it's a really weird. Uh, world where like nobody else is involved for some reason and like mm. the world treats it like he's the only actually that's another good point in the movie something that I thought was a strong point is they don't call him Aquaman social media does which is a, I think a really brilliant thing like how do you give a guy a corny name let the internet do it but the inter- the in this movie the the mainstream uh, like people like society and stuff don't seem to be aware of anybody else like him which is really bizarre they're like Aquaman like there's only one Aquaman. It's like, and he's the only one that can save us. It's like, but what about like Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman? Like, <laughs> you know, like any of these people that just saved the world that was very visible before. Um, once again, that's nitpicking, but yeah. I, I think I, it's, it's, it's not as a criticism as like they should have done that. It's just to me, it's evidence that I think Aquaman and Wonder Woman are going their own ways and not necessarily worrying about sticking together. Yeah. Mom and dad are splitting up. Yeah, I mean, I just wish ever like everyone wishes that DC would actually kind of talk to e- to so each other. Yeah, yeah, and like Good sit food. down and actually plan something. They need a, they need a Kevin Feige kind of character in it. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. that small thread that runs through everything that makes sure Halle Berry isn't cast as yeah. Storm. 
<laughs> if it was a Pico Wolf. Okay. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I have to mention this because in our live streams, someone uh, had mentioned on RKVC's YouTube channel, someone had mentioned, like, I listen to your podcast. My takeaway is Rod doesn't like Halle Berry Storm. <laughs> So I feel like now where'd you to, get that from? I have to make like one reference to it every episode now or something. No. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're happy. That's you guys, for you. Yeah, st- no. stuck with us this far. Well, hope let us know if you like. We, this is our second episode now, in like this new format that hopefully is cleaner sounding. Mm-hmm. And uh, if it, if the technology works, you're seeing a weird animation with this. Yeah, That's I should right. be talking when I'm talking. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe if I chew, the mouth still opens. So that might not be right. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cookies. <laughs> I had to like think about that in my head for a sec. But uh been a lot of fun. We once again like we had a loose structure. I'll edit it. it. Out. <laughs> <laughs> Cause we went all way it probably went way over. This one went it, it didn't over. T- it didn't time out the same time as last time. No, it didn't. But we're definitely over an hour. Yeah. And I try to keep these under an hour. I don't want oh, people okay. to be like eh, We started at one forty <laughs> something. Okay. Oh, damn, or one fifty. So once again, <laughs> so once again, all our socials are in the descriptions and the notes and stuff. I don't know. Uh, we started like a one. Vince and I are in a band called RKVC. Uh, Josh has a podcast and YouTube channel called Advanced Life, and his kids have Nerd Schmerd. Check all that stuff out. We love all the social media for this guy too. Yeah, for Yellow Spandex. Um, Please go and like uh, Yellow Spandex on Instagram as well. Yeah, and Instagram then, heart and leave uh, reviews of the podcast wherever Follow. they're available. Mm-hmm. So Stitcher and Apple Podcasts are the big ones. Yeah, thanks guys. We that's love right. having you. And we'll next time. That's right. Peace. <laughs> oh my butt.